morning's Bible reading is from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 25 through verse 33. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus for to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, Before I start... Please join me as uh, we pray for Leslie and her family. Uh, We got some news this week that her mom is sick, and so we want to pray for her as she is in, in the hospital. So let's pray together. It seems a little silly to talk about my own experience with COVID after hearing about what Les and her mom is going through, but... I also thought I had it. I woke up feeling stuffy and my throat was, you know, sore and my chest wasn't feeling well. And I've already gone through two rounds of testing before of of having your brain scrambled with that thing up your nose. And this was my third time getting tested. And for sure, I thought this time I had it because it just felt different. And so, you know, I went and got tested, and, and as some of you know, the waiting for the results can really suck. You try not to think about it, but it comes to your mind, and you're, after, you're keeping yourself busy, but when you're not doing anything, that thought comes to your mind again. You have to social distance and isolate yourself and sleep in the guest room. And the anxiety builds, the worry builds, just thinking about it, worrying about it the waiting can be painful. And we wait for many things in life, waiting in line, waiting for the Amazon package to arrive, waiting for the baby to be born, waiting for COVID to end, or waiting for our vaccine. And if you were from a different era, when you used to have glass ketchup bottles, I don't know if you teens know about these, glass ketchup bottles, you had to wait for the ketchup to come out of the bottle. And there was actually a commercial that would had, they had, where, the, where uh, a guy from Friends, had, he would put the, place the uh, ketchup on top of the roof and he run down and wait for the ketchup to slowly come out. So, and then he order a hot dog and it would, it would fall in and yeah. So that was the commercial. And the whole thing was that good things come to those who wait. But is that true? Does good things really come to those who wait? 
In, in our story today, we also meet someone who's been waiting. This man named Simeon, who was righteous and a devout man, was waiting for the consolation of Israel. God had told him that he will not die until he has seen the Messiah. So what is this consolation of Israel? What, what, what does that even mean? I want to turn your attention to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. It says in chapter 40, verse 1, Console my people, console them, says your God. In the time of Isaiah, we know that the people of Israel were to enter into exile as their nation has fallen to this great nation of, of Babylon. And as I was researching this passage, I found out that the book of Isaiah, and I should know this from my Bible college years, but I've probably forgotten, that the book of Isaiah can be separated into three sections. So chapter 1 to 39 is referred to as the first Isaiah, chapter 40 to 55 is the second, and then 56 to 66 is the third. So why, why does this matter? It doesn't. I just wanted to sound smart. No, it, it actually does matter. And, and let me explain to you why it matters. Well, the second section that we just read from Isaiah 40, verse 1, that's the very verse, uh, first beginning verse of this section. In the New Jerusalem translation, it calls this section of Isaiah as the book of the consolation of Israel. This matters because Simeon, who is waiting for the consolation of Israel, is referring to this section from the book of Isaiah that speaks about this consolation of the people of Israel from the exile of Babylon. This time that Simeon was waiting for was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah over 700 years ago, and it's now finally coming to be. For the people of Israel, they have been waiting over 700 years for this day. And for Simeon, he has been waiting his whole life for this moment. And listen to what Simeon says here when he sees the baby Jesus. Luke chapter 2, 29. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon says, Sovereign Lord, that is God, you have, who have all power and authority. Now I can finally rest and die because you have fulfilled your promise that I will see the Messiah before my death. He says, I have now seen with my own eyes the salvation of the world that you have prepared for all nations. A few things here. How is it that Simeon recognized this baby Jesus as the Messiah? All he would have seen is this baby with a mother and a father who were too poor to give the right kind of offering that they were supposed to give. A few verses before, Luke, Luke describes that Mary and Joseph brought two doves or pigeons which were okay to bring if you couldn't afford a lamb. So you were only allowed to use pigeons and doves if you couldn't afford a lamb. So Simeon would have known and seen this, that they were from a low-standing family by the offering that they brought. Yet somehow Simeon recognized 
Jesus as the Messiah he's been waiting for. And I think, and how does he do this? And I think the answer lies in the fact that Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit. Three times in two verses, within two verses, Luke mentions that the Holy Spirit was with Simeon. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and it was revealed by the Holy Spirit that he would see this Messiah. And he was moved by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple and find this Messiah. And because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was able to recognize this lowly couple with the baby, that this baby was the Messiah that he's been waiting for. And it will be through this child the consolation of Israel will take place. Another interesting part of this, uh, Simeon, this song of Simeon is that as he praises God about this final, of him being finally able to die, is that this consolation of Israel that he was waiting for, in fact, wasn't really about Israel first, per se, but rather about all nations. Look at verse uh, 30 to 32. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. If, if anything, Simeon seems to focus this constellation as a time where salvation is prepared for all nations, and, and, and a light to the Gentiles, and not to the Jews. To say all nations and Gentiles is, is a little weird too, because... Gentiles were anyone who were considered not Jew. So to say nations, all nations, and then also Gentiles seems repetitive. But I think the reason why both all nations and Gentiles are included here is to show how much bigger and inclusive God's plans were. I don't know if any of you have ever seen the show in the 2010s called Lost. Oh, great show, great show. You, you teens are too young. I know, I know. I'm so old now. That Lost was a great show by J.J. Abrams, who also did, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, famous guy. Anyways, so in this, in this show, TV show, what happens is an a airliner crashes onto an island and they're deserted. And while they're on this island, they start learning, you know, start becoming a community and becoming friends. Later on in the show, they come across a group of people called the Others. And they're called the Others because they're not part of who they are. They're not them. They're not part of this community. They're just people that are not them. And so they call them Others. Yeah, it seems pretty self-explanatory. But they immediately become their enemies because they are Others. And yet, some of them do bad things, and that's also the reason why they become enemies. But just in general, they're enemies because they're not part of who they are. And, and the word Gentiles, in many ways, means the same thing. It just means non-Jew. That is, people who are not like us. When you call someone a Gentile, you're basically saying that you are not like us, a non-Jew, not as good. Maybe you're and you're the other than, you are different. You're not as blessed, not as chosen. You are outsiders. And these non-Jews, these outsiders, these people, are the ones that God is now including in this new constellation. 
a light for revelation, isn't to the Jews only, it's to the others. And if you look at the second section of Isaiah that we refer to as the consolation of Israel, one of the main themes in this section is that this consolation is not just for the people of Israel, but for all people. They are a chosen nation, but not because others aren't chosen, but because they are chosen so that others can also be chosen. God's love is not limited to one people group, but all people. And God will make this happen because he is the God of creation over all things, over all nations. This Isaiah 40 passage points to this new constellation of all people through John the Baptist and, and, and Jesus. And let's look at Isaiah 40, verse 3 to 5. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice in the wilderness, we know, is John the Baptist, who will prepare the way of the Lord. His message, his message was that the kingdom of God was near, and to repent and to be baptized. Jesus is the one in which the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people, not just the Jews, will see it together. So it's within this, light of, within this context, we see Simeon being led by the Holy Spirit to the Messiah, who will bring about this consolation. And for the sake of time, I'm not going into uh, Anna, the prophetess, who also recognizes the Messiah. I think we need to save that for her, her own sermon, because I think it's that important. Uh, but I think it, to me, rounds out the importance of how the Messiah is recognized by all people, both men and women. And in this Christmas season, we celebrate the coming of the Messiah who will bring this consolation to all people, male or female, Jew or Gentile. Which is really us, actually. We're, we're the Gentiles. Uh, one other thing I want to point out here about the consolation of Israel is that the Greek word for consolation here is the word paraklesis, which means comfort or consolation. And as I mentioned before, Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit and was promised by the Holy Spirit and then was led by the Holy Spirit. Do you remember who Jesus says is also the, the consoler or the comforter? Let's look at John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you and in you. Jesus says that when he's gone, the Father will send another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The word advocate here is from the same Greek word, paraklesis. The Holy Spirit, who is the advocate, the comforter, the help, helper, and the consoler. This is why the Holy Spirit is referred to 
by some as the paraclete. It's the same Greek word. And I think this is important because we know that the consolation of Israel, and therefore the whole world, is not in some event or some, something, but rather it's in the very person of Jesus Christ. The consolation of Israel is the very presence of God that Simeon sees and recognizes in the baby Jesus. And later on, Jesus himself says that this consoler will be with us forever because he lives with us and will be in us. The proof, as it were, in the consolation of Israel is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in our very lives. So we believe Christmas has come. The waiting is over. We are in this new age, in this new season where the consolation of all people has already happened. It has happened in the very presence of Jesus Christ and by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us who the Father has sent. We do not have to wait for anything anymore, but now can live in the reality that the Consoler lives with us and is in us. I know what you're thinking, though. That's not true. It hasn't happened. We're still waiting. Not everything has been made new. Not everything has made, been made right. And things feel even more sucky now than, than ever before. And you're right. All things haven't been made new. There's still COVID. There's still division in our world. There's not enough justice. And all nations have not seen the light of Jesus. But there's this phrase about how the kingdom of God is already here and not yet. This concept of already and not yet was proposed by some uh, smart Prince, uh, Princeton theologian. And in many ways, it describes the current context that we are in since the coming of Jesus. We are part of the kingdom of God that is already present in the coming of Jesus and in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. It is not yet because the fulfillment of his kingdom is still to come. The not yet feels like we're still waiting. The not yet is more keenly felt this, during this time of COVID, where we recognize in so many ways that the kingdom of God still needs to be more realized in this world. Some can look at this not yet as a negative, but I see this time of not yet as an opportunity for us to be the people who have the Consoler living in us, to be led by him and seeing where Jesus is already work, is at work in this world. In many ways, we are the vehicle in which God works in this world. He can do it on his own, for sure, but he doesn't want to. He wants to involve us in this reality. He wants to work in us and through us to bring out the not yet of this kingdom in this world. The already is that we have the spirit of God living in us. The not yet is that we get to be part of the realization of his kingdom here on, our, here on earth. Still, hasn't this year have felt like this perpetual waiting? And this waiting hasn't ended. It's going to get worse because now we're in another uh, lockdown. But in this season of waiting, what we can learn from the story of Simeon 
is that Jesus has already come. Christmas is here. Jesus has come as the consoler, and he is here with us, living in us. So what is our response in this time of waiting? How shall we be in the midst of this already and not yet? Uh, A few things come to mind. The name Simeon, I think, is a hint. His name means literally hearing or listening with brisk and cheerful readiness. It is an active waiting and listening for God who has already come and is with us. We are also called to actively listen and wait with readiness. And I believe this is why Simeon was filled with the Holy Spirit and was led by him. We're called to do the same. So so how do we be filled with the Holy Spirit? How do we be led by him? As a good Baptist, I would say through baptism. Um, Literal, the literal baptism, but also just the baptistic life of daily living. What do we mean by baptism? We mean in baptism, we die to ourselves, we join Christ in his death, and we are raised back to life when we come out of the water as this new person, as our true selves in Christ. And so this act, this, this symbol of how we live can, be, can happen every day in our lives, but we do believe that the act in itself is important because we are physical beings. It could just be a, we could just say it's a spiritual act of a, a, I mean, a, a spiritual act of a physical thing, but we believe as a holistic people that of both body and spirit that it is something that happens in us as we enter into that, that act of baptism. So, if any one of you is interested and in, in, of getting baptized or have questions about it, please speak to one of the pastors and, and we can have a conversation. But for those of us who are also already baptized or are in relationship with Jesus, what I mean by that is, is living out this baptistic life, whether or not you are actually baptized. It means to live as though we actually believe that this Holy Spirit lives in us. Like, imagine if you actually believe that the presence of God lived in you. Why do we doubt that he does? I, I doubt it all the time. And, or sometimes I just forget, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit lives in me. Is it because I'm not as holy as the Pope? Or I'm not as smart as this other guy or this girl who knows so much more about the Bible? Or I'm not like Simeon who was very devout or righteous? Why do we feel like that the Spirit of God is just reserved for certain people when we know in Christ that it is for all people, for all who want to follow him. It has nothing to do with our ability, but everything to do with Jesus who promises this to us. Like, how would your life look like to actually believe that the Spirit of God lives and resides in you? Like, would you live any different? Would your life look any different? As we walk in the Spirit and live by the Spirit, we will recognize, like Simeon, that Jesus is with those who we may not think he would be with. Simeon recognized the Messiah in a little baby from a poor couple. 
As we continue to live our lives filled and walking in the Spirit, we will also be able to recognize Jesus in the poor, in those who are different than us, in the other. It means that we need to start seeing those who are not like us with the eyes of the Spirit, who sees these others as his own people. These others will start becoming us because we are all made in the image of God. One of the words we use when we try to listen to God in, in our community, and many, many people do this in the church, is we use the word discernment. We discern uh, the will of God. And, and, and a few words we also use in this kind of discernment time where we listen to the Spirit of God is the words consolation and desolation. Isn't it really interesting that as we talk about this consolation of Israel and of all nations and the consoler who is the Holy Spirit, that when we all have this consolation within us, we're saying that this is the will of God for our lives or for our church. And that makes complete sense to me because the Holy Spirit lives in us. So this consoler gives us the consolation. And desolation is when we don't feel this Holy Spirit and we are feeling as, we're, as though we're further away from God. And that's when we don't do the thing that we're supposed to, or we feel like. That's when we say, okay, that's not from God and we don't do that. So the consolation of Israel has already happened in the coming of Jesus. And in his coming, we have the Holy Spirit who lives with us and in us. This means that though we wait for all things to be made right, we live now with the reality that we are invited by God to be part of making all things new. We get to be part of what he is doing here on earth because the consolation of Israel lives in us. Kids, I don't know if you're listening right now, if you're coloring or, or, or doing something else, but I know this year has been hard and tough. But you've done a great job of being strong, being a kid, being in school. And so I wanted to just say that, that we're proud of you for what you have been doing and that it is hard. And, and again, this starting off this new year, now some of us are now back into lockdown, where all of us are in lockdown, and some, most of, or all of us, again, are online uh, learning. And, but what I want you to know in this time is that Jesus is with you, that the Holy Spirit lives with you. And I want you to try something tonight in bed, when you're going to bed, is to take some time listening to God. So you could pray and share whatever that's kind of on your heart, but then also take time to just listen and see what the Spirit will say to you. If you ever feel sad or, or worried or, or even anxious, you could pray and, and know that God is with you. And our youth, again, I know it's been tough, and for you it's been hard and what you're going through is what adults are going through as well. We feel that pain. And it really does suck. But again, let me say to you that you are loved and wanted by the creator of the universe. You are wanted. He loves you. You are not alone. So take time to reach out to him because he is waiting for you. 
And since the pandemic, we've been meeting on Thursday nights to do our evening prayer. And we've been following a, a liturgy that, that the rest of the world, not the rest of the world, but a huge part of the world's the church, the the church universal, is, is also um, using as, and has been using for a very long time. And so we join together in this way to pray together on Thursday night. And there's this one part in the prayer that is the same every night in our evening prayer. And it's this song from Simeon. And so we want to end our time together uh, today in this prayer. And so Jeremy is going to lead us in the, uh, Jeremy and the band is going to lead us in the everyone section. So that's the part you will pray and, and I will pray the non-italicized part. So let's pray together. Save us, Lord, while we are awake. Protect us while we sleep, that we may watch with Christ and rest with him in peace. Now, Master, you let your servant go in peace. You have fulfilled your promise. My own eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all peoples, a light to bring the Gentiles from darkness, the glory of your people, Israel. Save, Save us, Lord, while we are awake. Protect us while we sleep, that we may keep watch with Christ and rest with him in peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Save us, Lord, while we are awake. Protect us while we sleep, that we may keep watch with Christ, and rest with him in peace. Amen. <laughs> 